Table Talk. This is, <laughs> this is, I'm your host, uh, Jada Pinkett, pre-Big Chop. <laughs> is it the pink table, the red table? The I don't know. But table? It, I don't know what color it is, but it's filthy, okay? Oh, it's a mess. It's a messy table. So I got with me my two walls, Juju and Dolce. How y'all doing? I am wonderful, feeling so positive, feeling great. My son, Wheel of Fortune, Magician, birth cards are really like at the top, at the prime that they could be at. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling good, feeling strong, feeling healthy, no coughs, no sneezes. You know, we're still here doing our thing. And we're all living in Florida. By the grace of God. Yes. Yeah, disclaimer to everyone listening, we are all Floridian girls, a.k.a. the global epicenter of (laughs) COVID-19 at the moment. (laughs) A.k.a. the third ring of hell. Literally the third ring. We are on fire. Like, this shit is wild. But we are all healthy. I just got my COVID test yesterday, so anxiously waiting on those results. And you still have a nasal cavity. And, I mean, (laughs) my walls were gone for at least a few hours. (laughs) I had no walls for a good couple Whoa, hours. Just no walls. Call Trump. No walls. But we, we woke up today and was able to, you know, breathe in heavily through our nostrils. So I think we're doing okay. Uh, but just to get us a little started, uh, what have we been up to? What have we been getting into our media or music or whatever? Okay, move. Fat bitch coming through. Okay, love Victor. <laughs> Let's go. Oh my god, she's not sitting on two seats. She is skinny. <laughs> Come on, creating change 2015. Uh, no, I'm uh, 2013. <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm stupid. That girl really pointed me out and was like, You're not actually um, a person of size, and you need to understand your privilege and just fuck out. I was like, You know, clock me. I'm gonna take me and my Cheetos and leave. Take me and all my rolls out of this office. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah, Love Victor. Let me tell you something. First, I watched Love Victor, and I was like, "This is white, 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 white." It's it's white as hell. it's just so white. But recently, when the planet shifted, I don't know. I have become so much more accepting of these like very frilly, unproblematic stories where like nothing. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unconsequential maybe you know what it's just like at at some point i started watching these things after watching a bunch of boys love shit like friend zone and and history three and all that and i was like you know what like american shows they have their problems but i think like love victor and love simon are for a different audience and we're like at a point generationally where we've changed quite a bit like i think the coming of age stories that are being made now are for like a different gen. And yeah, 
I'm fine with the films. Like, you know, older people above age 22, I feel like have um, Call Me By Your Name, Terrible. Um, we have, um, fuck, what are the other ones? There, there's a few queer stories, but Rock like... Back Mountain, maybe? Yeah, you have like <laughs> all that where things are really serious, but I feel like Love, Victor and Love, Simon have impacted me to feel really good about like that annoyingly frilly and fun romanticized monogamous bullshit i love cancer season like i <laughs> love cancer she's season. really discounting <laughs> she's really discounting the impact of the stores i mean well, cancer season is right here looking like, at you i love cancer season <laughs> That's just she all said love is in the air and i don't know what it is it was <laughs> a wonderful story like you know <laughs> Especially Love, Simon. I loved it. Because, you know, I love me a girl who can come back from the dead. And Hannah from 13 Reasons Why, she's in it. And I stand. You're so annoying. I don't know what that actress's name is. I just know that she has an Australian accent and that her name is Hannah in my head. That's all I got. Love, Um, Simon was definitely a good movie, right? That was was the movie one. Yes. And Love, Victor is the show. Yes. Yeah, so I've seen Love, Simon, and I thought it it was good. I just thought that... It was enough for me to get the gist. And just even seeing that that the show was called Love, Victor, like the same kind of thing, I was like, I don't think I need to see this. But maybe since you're giving it such high praise, I might have to stream. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be annoyed because, you know, the opening credit, the opening scene, Caputo, it has a Puerto Rican flag in the room. But then I find out halfway through the season that the family's Colombian and I almost shit. Oh, no! (laughs) No me digas, that is insane. <laughs> like, that's what happened to me. Y'all couldn't get a, a, a fucking Colombian flag? That's not crazy. Not even the same colors. I would have accepted Cuban, maybe, because y'all, we, we, we kind of got the yeah, same shape be, going on. Yeah, I would have accepted Captain America, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but not Colombia, honey. Columbia, oh no. Yeah, and his first crush was white as hell. But you know what? Of course. Everybody wants... Okay. And of course he wastes a black woman's time. Uh, Don't don't spoil it. Yes, there are some things that happen, and I get it. It is so likely. He really did choose the girl he really would have never ended up with, too. I just... I just... uh, (laughs) I have so many issues. But you're right. It's nice to see a faggot story or a gay story, sorry... A gay story, a coming of age story that's not on HBO or something. It's cute. For that. Yeah, it's like it's less heavy. It, it still has heavy themes, but it's less heavy than like a a Euphoria, which has just been like, yeah. my God, like that will take you through a roller coaster of emotions. And I mean, it, it it makes you so tense to watch the show. But with Love, Victor, there are tense moments, but it's still a like 16, 17 year old coming of age kind of hallmarky. But still, um, still, uh, uh, it still, it doesn't remove all of the, of the of the good parts, all the things that still need to be discussed. It's just not as heavy, and I like that about that film. Mm-hmm. I mean, show. I think that's accurate. But I like Simon so much better than Victor. I just, yeah. I'm telling y'all now, I love, 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 love Simon. Uh, you know what? He's the only like white main character that when I watched it, I wasn't annoyed that he was even on the damn screen. Because as I started, like, listening to him, I was like, oh, yeah, like, okay, so he has a liberal-ass mom. Jennifer Garner really did that in that film, too. She did. No, she absolutely she did. did. She yeah. definitely did. 
So I stand that more than I stand Love Victor, but Love Victor is so cute. I can't be mad. I mean, the main character Victor is adorable mm-hmm. until he starts talking and doing anything on screen. Suddenly, I'm like, Ooh. Ugh, okay. Ooh. But like the actual actor is super cute, and you're right. Like it's actually very like it's trying to be a lighthearted show despite the themes that are really important. Mm-hmm. You know, and that we that was it for can. me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, Gra, mostly I've been just working, like working, 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 and trying to stay productive. Therapy's good. Life is good. Also, um, you know, eating right. You know what I'm saying? Do what needs to be done. Okay. Listening to, you know, Miss fucking Summer Walker coming back with her little, you know, EP. Yes. I've been meaning to thing. ask you about it. I've, I've been meaning to ask you, like, what your thoughts are. If you wanted to share maybe a couple of those. Um, I have thoughts. I'm still chewing on them, but I will say I enjoyed it. I don't, I'm not enjoying it as much as the, the album. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I like this direction. I think this is cute. And Summer is just talented as fuck. So I'm glad that, like, she hasn't lost steam, you know? Because I think yeah. a lot of people were expecting her to be, like, this one hit or one album wonder. And then she just, like, kept going. Yeah. So I'm hoping it just keeps keeps it on. Um, and other than that, I've just been trying to, like, relax and not really pay too much attention to social media, not pay too, too much attention to the news, despite how difficult that is, and just, like, enjoy my little life right now. Okay, cute. Finding yeah. your center, keeping yourself balanced. Yes. We stand, we stand, we stand. Yes. For me, I mean, I, again, like, I have practically been doing the same, honestly. Uh, but I've been just reinvesting in, like, my home. Like, I want it to feel as homey as possible since, like, I don't know how much longer this quarantine is going to, like, last. So I'm really, like, just investing in, like, feng shuiing my place around, like, moving things. Like, if I needed something for comfort that I didn't want to invest in because I was just, like, either lazy or didn't want to spend the money, I'm, like, doing that now because I'm, like, I have to be here. Uh, getting plants. That's a bit a big thing. Cute. Um, I've really been into, uh, I think her name is Michaela Cole or Coel. She was I love on that Ch- show. Ch- Chewing Gum. I May Destroy You. Oh. I love that show. Like, yeah. like wow. Every, every episode has got me like mouth agape ridiculous. I just watched yep. the last episode, the, the latest episode last night. Um, and that was really good. It's really good. Um, other than that, uh, I am, I just recently accepted the fact that I may or may not, it's still, the verdict is still out, but I may or may not be a Blink, aka a Blackpink stan, um, who's this K-pop girl group. <laughs> like, I never oh, really Interesting gave, development. Never oh. really gave them that many streams, but like, huh. you know, now I've been getting into their discography and they may actually be the moment, so... I'm so mad. I may, <laughs> I may be a blink. I may or may not be learning the choreography to kill this love, like as we speak. Um, but that, yeah, that's shitter. that's pretty much what's new with me. <laughs> Add her to the list, Dolce. I, <laughs> the long list. You're back on the list because oh my god, Caputo, why, why? <laughs> with that said, just so no one's you know unclear, I do not have a problem with. A lot of K- K-pop songs, K-pop industry, you know, all of us here kind of have issues with it, but... Okay, yeah. I don't... I, look, it's just boring to me in some ways, but... Miss I, A isn't boring. Who? Wait, what? Rewind. Miss A. 
Who's that? Exactly. You don't know. Yeah, so don't I don't know. Okay. I, I group, still bro. I still stand by the fact that their music, because I actually tweeted this like maybe two or three weeks ago, that their music is formulaic. And they oh, always no. and they always release the same song, which I got dragged for on Twitter by by the Blinks, rightfully so. Okay. <laughs> um, and I still kind of think that way. And then I also think a lot about like how it's so framed off of American music and more so just like Black American music because they they rap a lot and it's like just very like ain't nobody talking like this in, in Korea. Like ain't nobody talking about Hennessy in Korea. So like, mm. how did it end up on your song? But mm. if we're talking about the music and the choreo, it's there. <laughs> the thing is, a lot of Koreans that I'm aware of, because I do like, in, I, I have a, a history of light investment in Korean culture and media. Like from what I can tell, a lot of Koreans are super talented. A lot of Koreans are aware of the value like i'm talking like the capitalistic value of american specifically like black american and you know colored music and and culture the problem and the difference and the issue is often the lack of like respect for the actual people and koreans like take our shit and take what comes out of our spaces and just do it so well but like it's so hard to celebrate alongside each other when there's often so little kind of like real conversation between the individuals and like the people I feel and that's the same. Where we get lost. I feel the same way about when people are talking about like Hong Kong street fashion. They're like, oh this my beats god, out, this beats out Americans any day. And I'm like, literally, they're wearing the same thing that <laughs> Black Americans be wearing. Like, shut like, up. And like, just like people, like, just like, it's like, it, this is are not like fashions that I have never seen before. They're just repackaged on like Chinese like bodies. So it's. It's it's the same discourse. It's like very just like they're repackaging it in their own way, which is you know they're oh, there's making a video it... we need to not a video. There's an there's an episode we need to do on this. Yes, could, because I could talk about Chinese street fashion for you. Just a quick synopsis: the girls in Shanghai, just specifically Shanghai, the girls in street fashion there take a lot of their inspiration from like '90s Givenchy and '90s Versace, like. All of their fashion is very specific to like a baggy shirt or like um, a combo of like Chinese traditional garment meets streetwear or like um, street fashions or whatever. Like um, if you put together like a Chisong or like um, one of the uh, it's like it's almost like a uh, like a kimono, if you will. I just can't remember the name. But if you put that together with like some of the longer pants, American stylings with like an athletic shoe that's usually what you're going to see on the street and they're really just taking it from the girls who did that in the 90s like Aaliyah or Mary J Blige or any rapper of the 90s and they're just kind of refashioning it so I'm not mad at them for doing that because a lot of them look fucking good like Asian people are beautiful (laughs) undoubtedly period and I'm not going to deny that like they're slaying but we also can't remove the situation and act like as if we haven't already seen this done by black people about 30 years ago it really is 30 years ago like they love the 90s fashion even black pink has a song where she's like i'm a 90s baby pump up the jams and i'm like girl you were born in 1998 in south korea like girl like what what jams are are you pumping up like i want to know they might have just gotten them over there you might have just gotten them yesterday like (laughs) that makes sense i mean the gag too is there's a whole discussion going on about the fact that like 
Korean culture and Asian cultures often exclude or marginalize or sort of um, depict black and brown people in really negative and sort of fucking shady lights in a lot of their media, despite taking from them and taking from us. Mm-hmm. And there's even it's gotten so weird that there's even like a subculture of um, Korean media on YouTube where like Korean people purposely upload videos of themselves like judging and, and, and like rating black people and black women and black culture and black videos and stuff mm-hmm. and there's like a whole like it's getting weird it's weird it's like, getting weird it, it, it's <laughs> gone to a point where they're like some some of them not all but some of them are even mining angry like black like basically mining for black rage in order to get clicks so they want to purposely put these these videos of either you know ignorant or under under um educated korean or asian people talking about or talking through blackness or black media you know from their perspective and like getting the getting the clicks getting the engagement getting the comments and it's like weird so mind you yeah it's it's kind of like egalitarian in a way because what they're doing is uh, it's they're almost essentializing influencer culture from the west and molding Mm -hmm. it into what they have in the east because they already had like a culture and I'm not gen- I'm not trying to generalize Asian people or Eastern Asians at all, but I'm just saying that it is a toxic culture. Their fan culture, their celebrity culture, that whole their entire social system, too. yeah, mm-hmm. that social system. Those contracts are very, very demeaning and destructive to a lot and it's of documented. K-pop Yeah. So yeah. really, what they're doing is they're just t- putting on another layer um, with like the James Charleses or the Jeffrey Stars of the world that do kind of the same thing. Um, so I can't really blame them as much. And also just to like throw this out here, I know we can have a conversation on it, but I've actually been reading a few things recently, thanks to quarantine. And one thing I was thinking about is what is it like to be a part of a mana, like a mon? what is the word? A relatively, uh, homogenous society, monoracial. Yes. Monoracial society where literally everyone next to you looks like you has very the same culture, the same places that they're pulling from, and there is a social reverence to it because you are that society that has that culture. Because your nationalism is your history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So their xenophobia, in a sense, is not actually the same kind of xenophobia that I feel like the West has, where the West doesn't really have a culture of its own that it hasn't appropriated from someone else to make a quote-unquote culture. So what is it like to be a part of like a Japan or like a Korea, because as a black person, like I don't feel like I have that. Yeah. Or at least, I guess I could mm. say I kind of have that in like a West Indian sense. But what is that like for African Americans in a sense where they don't, they they can't do that Pan African thing, but they also kind of have had their culture subjugated, and of course, as you know, appropriated by white people in order to create this thing that we're in, but it's not specifically there it's like you can go back to japan and be like anime is exclusively that's a that's a japanese thing but for african-americans like hip-hop kind of can be traced back to you but a lot of times white people would be like well everybody does hip-hop everyone does this mm-hmm. here's the thing hip-hop, <laughs> hip-hop i'm sorry <laughs> for bringing talking, it up no because that's what we're here for so we should have mm-hmm. these important conversations right hip-hop and anime are actually very similar because they're both exports 
So regardless Agreed. of regardless of like the way we talk about them, I think some sometimes it's less about the reality and more about the way we care about the people. I think J- Japan is a, is seen as like a monolith. It is seen as as a place where these people come from and they made this thing. And like you said, the the conditions of that are not based on a difference in race and class like they are here. Like race and class here are are tied more closely together, I think, mm-hmm. than they are over there for for obvious reasons. So there's a lot to say about the idea that black art forms and black culture can be pushed up and then leveraged as a game piece or as you know, uh, capital to 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 prop to prop up America without actually making black people any richer or any happier or any better off. Whereas in Japan, Japan, the Japanese, the people who you know are are included in that group are more. There's just more of them, and they tend to be the majority themselves. Whereas when you actually go to those countries or you talk to people from those countries, they start to break down the the, the sort of striations even more. The that are less visible. Yeah. Exactly. So. It's like with Korea, you know, I think the issue I personally have, and this is as someone who like literally I got into Korean K-dramas in high school because a friend of mine shared them with me and I was a little closet gay and I was super into it. And, you know, it, and that was during the Hallyu wave in, the, in like 09, mm. where like, you know, Korean culture was at like a new sort of, you know, breaking point and tipping point in, in the West. So I totally rode a wave into it. And ever since I've kind of been exposed to it over time and I've realized that despite the genuine and real conversation we can have about xenophobia and how it operates differently than racism, there is an actual level of anti-blackness. And there is an actual level of, I think, white, I don't want to call it white supremacy, because I think Koreans have a sense of Korean supremacy a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But there is a sense in which whiteness is seen as actually genuinely better than, than blackness, for whatever reason. And I think there's a laziness on part of a lot of Koreans individually to sort of unpack that further. And that's the issue. Right. You know, and I, and I, that's why I go back to the, the, the desire that I have for individual people in these cultures to, to dialogue and to interface and to talk and to get to a point where it's less about me, you know, signing off on how awesome Beyonce is. And, and, you know, like, it's like these videos that you go online, they're like, Oh, is Beyonce pretty to you? Korean man. It's like stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's black women in the comments like, did he just, oh, he just said she got a big booty. Yeah, they love that. You know, like, it's very weird. And that's why I think it deserves its own episode almost because we could get into it and yeah. how weird the dynamic is. Can't wait yeah. to market my um, Chinese pop groups that I listen to on the low and nobody knows about for some reason. <sighs> and just one last thing. A lot of this problem comes from the fact that black people and Asian people don't always have or haven't always found, for whatever reason, whoever's fault it is, mm-hmm. great ways of getting together and talking and getting on the same page about the way race operates. For oh, them. bitch, I know. <laughs> and, and a lot of it is because of class, because and it's and it's and it's also the immigrant problem. A lot of black immigrants don't necessarily interface with black Americans either. So there's there's more to that there. Yeah. Sorry, Caputo. Check us us next week for our episode on Koreans. Problematic girls. Chat. Black pink in your area. Oh, God. Please check out Sistar and, um, you know, before Girls' Generation got fucked over, Girls' Generation. All right. Kara, Kara, Miss A, uh, fucking Abra, like Miss um, Brown Eyed Girls with the Abracadabra. Like, mm-hmm. there are, there's music. And, and it's, music. I think, unfair to say that just because they want to be very successful and they're good at being successful, that like all their music is like 
less valuable or cheapened by that. I don't think that yeah. that's fair because all music is like that now. Yeah. On some level. Stan. Well, anyways, moving right along to our main yes. course dish. Like I said, I am your host, Jada Pinkett, pre-Big Chop, and this is the Filthy Table Talk. Uh, I have, you know, Willow with us right here, Miss <laughs> Juju. <laughs> and then Grandma Chung over here. Um, Grandma <laughs> Chung! <laughs> we, we, have all, we have all three uh, generations. <laughs> Willow um, Smith knows banks. But essentially, we are going to be talking about the latest uh, episode of the Red Table Talk, which has been spewed all over spewed. social media, Twitter, what have you, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, hashtag entanglement. So just to give a little synopsis of what has happened, uh, August Alsina who, honestly, like, I have not heard of in, I couldn't even tell you how long. Like, he was popping for a little bit. He had that song with Nicki, No Love. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. He, but he hasn't really made any, like, music like that, like, in a minute. At least to my knowledge. Oh, oh, me looking this up right now. He just came out with an album last week. Look at that. How, I, didn't even how know who, I didn't even know who <laughs> August was until this drama happened, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, August Alcina, he's like, everyone kind of framed him to be like a great value Chris Brown at the time that he came out. I didn't think that was necessarily true, but he kind of made very like Chris Brown-esque R&B music. Mm. Slash rapping, whatever. So he is an artist, musical artist, um, who came public with a claim that he and Jada Pinkett Smith had a relationship of some kind, um, hinting that it was a sexual relationship. I don't think he actually said that, but like it was, he was mainly hinting that they had had sex. It happened during her marriage to Will Smith, her current husband. And on top of that, he said that Will Smith actually gave Jada the blessing and, and the, the permission to go out and have this quote-unquote affair with August so obviously all of that caused a lot of you know commotion people were saying oh Jada's not saying anything because she doesn't want to incriminate herself she knows that she did this and da 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 and what who better to talk about some scandal than someone who literally does that for a living now and she said you know what I'm gonna bring me and my husband up to this red table and really give y'all the facts. So she does that with just Willow, or with not Willow, with just Will, not Willow and not her mother, um, to pretty much break all that down. So she says that it did happen. It did happen during a time that they were separated. And it uh, Will did know. And it was not some sort of, I'm giving you permission to do this. You have my blessing. Like, you're allowed to do this sort of thing. So it was more so just breaking down all of the things that people were hopping on and like all the ideas and opinions that people just made up in their minds about what was happening. She kind of set that all to rest. So I have brought y'all two to the filthy table to <laughs> discuss the filthy table. The TM. filthy table to discuss pretty much that conversation that they had and along with that we can get into a bigger conversation about relationships 
and marriages and kind of the things that they break down. So I guess just to start off, what were y'all's like initial thoughts after y'all watched the episode? Um, I watched it on, well, listened to it on the way to picking up this fucking dog in Fort Myers. And, um, you know, it's funny because I went into it thinking, oh, like, you know, it's just going to be Jada doing whatever Jada does. Like, she's going to, um, create these explicatives on, um, on like the spirituality of relationships and like go into it and do all that but but to be honest she actually really didn't do that like legitimately she just kind of came in and was like honestly the world has taken over my story (laughs) um it's turned into memes i can't sleep the girls are just you know coming after me so she decided to take her own wig off and show you that she too uses head and shoulders um and she decided that she was gonna you know address it I was fine with it. She didn't say anything crazy to me other than when she um, evolved into the Avatar state and all the other reincarnations <laughs> came behind her and she replaced relationship with entanglement. Now, that was epic. That was Forevermore. No one ever uses the word relationship anymore, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah, she did exactly what Aang did. She said, fuck the Avatar state. I'm going to get rid of all of it. I'm not going to connect all of my chakra together. I'm never yeah. going to use it. <laughs> She actually said, honestly, we said relationship until the Fire Nation attacked. And, <laughs> and, then, everything, and then everything changed. <laughs> then everything changed. But I believe entanglement can change the world. Insert music. Book one. Book one. Book one. She really did drop y'all like a legendary bar with entanglement that that really caught the world by storm like absolutely 100 percent entanglement 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 doing this entanglement cut the cameras <laughs> august august talking about i'm doing entanglement the thing is i love how august had this nicely detangled moisturized clown wig that he wore <laughs> telling the girls didn't he do it on an interview with um it someone was else? Sickening. Yes, it was with wasn't it Miss Angela Yee or was it another one? It was Angela Yee. Yes. Angela Angela always in some mess. She always gets the really messy tea though, which the I the girls spill the messy tea with Angela for some reason. I need to know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She looked cute though. Um, t- <laughs> this is tough because I think automatically public figures people have your business in their mouth and you benefit from people's business you know from your business being in people's mouths too like they benefit they're getting clicks they're getting money off of the fact that people are obsessed with them right now so as much as they're appealing to this very human sentiment of you know this is a personal thing that happened between will and i which is valid and we didn't really ever want this to get somewhere but now that it is let's have this conversation there's also like money like there's money there so i feel strongly that this was the right decision because at the end of the day if you have a platform what better way to sort of command and like take charge of your narrative and to use it as an opportunity for growth and and, and sort of edification than to like get up and just talk the shit and yeah i can definitely always give credit to the smiths where it's due when it comes to bringing conversations that oftentimes get left at the kitchen table to the red table and putting them on a bigger platform for better or worse yeah so I definitely was a little skeptic on, 
I don't want to say the motives, um, but essentially how the episode would go. Because I, the only thing that I really knew was what people were running with. So I didn't really have any sort so, of way to gauge what, like how, how it would go. And knowing how Jada is on that show sometimes, she does kind of like to dance around certain things. Like, she sometimes doesn't take it fully there. Sometimes Willow has to be the one to really check everybody and be like, bitch. Willow be like... like... Yeah, she, she's over it a lot of the time. She's like, bitch, like, y'all old bitches gotta be, like, <laughs> listening to me, because I'm the voice of the nation now. <laughs> but I know that she, she tends to do that sometimes, and now that the spotlight is on her and she's specifically talking about things that she's done and, and you know, what people are trying to, I, I guess, you know, crucify her for, I was like, maybe she'll, she might do the same thing. But that's uh, and I was is. pleasantly surprised. She kind of did a little bit. She did, but I was with I was surprised with the way that they both handled it and how Will actually held her a little bit more accountable than she was willing to do for herself from the beginning. But so. did you get the feeling that Will was holding back? Because Will had like either like a sort of silent death happening behind his eyes or mm. rage. I don't know what it was. And I think this is something Will in general deals with because if I, if I remember correctly, I think he's a Libra or he has Libra placements. And either way, Will seems to be someone who holds a lot back. And you could see it kind of coming through in the conversation. There was even that moment where he said, like, oh, you know, I got you back, though. And she's like, oh, well, it's not even about getting me back. And he's like, it is for me. And, like, they had that, like, laugh. Oh, and then it, he did say, like, you know, I'm going to get you back. And she's like, well, you already got me back. Like, you And he goes, that. yeah, you're right. <laughs> Like, you can tell that a lot of this is embarrassing for them, so it's forced them kind of out of the shadows, and it's it's forced them to talk through these things publicly. But there's more to the story than Jada just having this affair with August and that being what it is. Yeah. I mean, like, I just... I definitely could see the death happening there behind the eyes. Like, I can't... I... I I don't really know what exactly was happening. I thought that it was going to be a lot more, like, a much more deadly death than it was just from the stills. Like, when I was seeing, everyone was like, you see this man? He's hurt. He's dying. Mm -hmm. From from what he was actually saying, it didn't seem like it was that, but, like, his face was definitely giving a different story. Um, What I will say... It was a lot of projection on him, for sure. Yeah. What I will say is that there were multiple times during the episode where Will said... Okay, you just have to say exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, like he, he would literally stop the conversation and be like, okay, so what you're going to do now is literally say without any big words or like without dancing around the, 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 the subject, you're going to say what happened. And that's uh-huh. it. Why Even when she said entanglement, he, he was like, <laughs> she, she said entanglement one too many times. And he was like, Girl, what the fuck is an entanglement? Like, just say relationship. Like, what the fuck is an entanglement? And I, that's why I kind of, like, I give Will a little bit more credit because I think people just made it seem, and again, this is from beforehand where, where I didn't really know too much about what was going to happen. People were making it seem like he was kind of just sitting there, like, just learning all this new information about his wife, like, and he's so destroyed and, like, how can another man have his wife in a sexual manner? And, like, you know how fucking, like, <laughs> how people are where they're, like, they are part of you. They're your property or whatever. However, you're, you're, you're going to look at it. And if another man, like, taints your property, like, even when it comes to, like, looking in the past, people are very, like, I can't even imagine, like, my wife 
having like relations with anyone before me or like it's just like people can just get very weird about how they feel about their spouse or their their girlfriend or whatever so i think that that people were giving will a lot less credit than he was due because he also is someone that is very in tune with himself and his relationship i don't think jada is the only one that has that level of like maybe emotional intelligence like will is also up there with her mainly because they're married and they've probably worked on a lot of shit together like bigger than this so um i was pleasantly surprised when i watched it just because of the the accountability that was there they eventually got there maybe it wasn't there at first but like they eventually worked their way to it right so i think it's funny that like well well julio you go first because well, no, i want to hear something. what you have to say well i was just gonna say like um I felt like when I was listening to it, I was listening to a couple that's been together for like 25 years. Yes. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It didn't feel like I was listening to a couple that's been together for two years and they're dealing with the crux of like these very introductory level problems of like, I'm living with him and I'm finding out that he has XYZ a problem with cleaning. Like that's not... That's not where they're at. Like, they're at that part in the relationship where they've gone even past being in this quote-unquote love phase or, like, emotionally intimate or any of that shit. I feel like they're at the point of, like, we are just two people, and I kind of like you. You still kind of like me. We watch shit together. I like hanging out with you. We've shared a lot of things. We have kids together. Like, we are we are attached like we are attached and breaking up or you know cutting things is not like these fucking cake memes right now like it's not that easy (laughs) you can't cut through the middle and it's like an easy separate there are a lot of um uh entanglements happening (laughs) 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 happening in this today's word brought to you by the letter e entanglements (laughs) Oh my god, sponsored by PBS. Um, yes, like, you know, it's there's so many tangles to it, you can't unravel this as easily as people think. And the discourse online, funny enough, has been just very, to me, and I'm not trying to be volatile in any way, but it's just been very juvenile overall. I don't think people are understanding that you're looking at a couple that's been together for 25 years and have already had these discussions but now they're bringing them from behind closed doors as i feel like and i think like both of you can understand this the most like colored parents specifically like black parents are not interested about talking about what goes on behind closed doors out in public like the first thing you learn is don't go and tell my sisters my business or don't go to don't go to church and talk about what's happening at home yep so there's a lot more to this than just sitting around acting like as if, you know, Will is like having these issues with his wife and it's just him. There are more layers to this than just that. And people are not thinking beyond right. themselves or beyond like what they think a relationship should look like nowadays. That that was just what I wanted to say. We ain't talking about no people that are, that are together that are dating for a year or two years. Like these, these are people that they are grown, they have multiple kids and they have been married for, like, a very long time. So. They were also relatively young when they married. Mm-hmm. They're they're both pretty. And that's one thing we're forgetting here, too, and I think it's something we need to talk about. Like, Will and Jada are both powerful, beautiful, you know, privileged black celebrities who are in this relationship, and they've been positioned as this, like, power couple. And 
there's a lot that goes into sort of people's sort of I think expectations for how relationships t turn out I think mm -hmm. the average person really believes that two people who are hot are always going to make sense together as, as long as other things or other conditions are right you know and people leave out mental health people leave out you know trauma and, and compatibility and, and relationship skills and attachment styles and love languages they leave out what happens to when you grow into a relationship with someone and then the thing that you thought was what held you together isn't there anymore or, or has transformed and it's become your kids or it's become your career or even your relationships, the position your relationship has taken outside of the context of the actual relationship like them. So what I appreciate about this is that it's a really great opportunity to talk through what happens in reality when people's relationships persist beyond like like you said the cute little faces like two and three years that's cute that's like people think that's like a long time and it's not right. you know you're in these people's lives for 25 years and you have kids together and one of you has kids from a previous marriage and the other of you you know lost you know significant you know friends and, and loved ones who they might have ended up with if they had still been here you know there's a lot that goes into that and mm -hmm. we don't know everything yeah so there's a whole like we don't really know anything about like anyone's relationship i think people have an idea of what a relationship is supposed to be and the acceptable things you are allowed to do when you are in a relationship and they pretty much run with that there's no context when people are judging other people's relationships it's just well this is how it's supposed to be so if you're not really doing that then like we have the right to judge it and that kind of gets into like what I have next for us to kind of talk about is what are like these limits that people put on relationships and marriages? I think a lot of what people's issues with, or like what people have been kind of talking about is that is, are you allowed to have these sort of arrangements in a marriage? Like even, even if it, it, it was a, a situation where Will did say, Hey, like you can go sleep with someone if you want or like do whatever, like, is that acceptable? Like, are you able to have these sorts of, like, understandings in a relationship or in a marriage? Like, are you able to do that, like, if you, like, break up or, or separate? Like, what are y'all's opinions on that? Yes, because nobody is going to have an opinion, just like what Jada said. Nobody can allow what goes on in my relationship. Uh, whatever I say, it's what I say it is. Like, me and that other person or me and those other quote-unquote people. Like... I don't think that a person can, you know, walk into something like a relationship and know exactly what's going to happen from beginning to end. It is all for chance. And most of your decisions really are about what you personally, you yourself do. Um, you can't sit in a relationship and act like as if being monogamous is the only way to have a relationship or on the flip side being polyamorous like as if monogamous people can't do that um the parameters are based on what you personally need at that present moment and what you are going to grow into later which is what we discussed earlier with their relationships so far they've probably gone through many phases mm -hmm. that we won't we won't know because they probably don't want to discuss it and they don't have to um but they probably gone through phases of like, well, maybe I should go here or go do this. Or even the rumors in the early 2000s when people thought that the Smiths were swingers. 
like that was a thing back in the early like uh i want to say like around 2008 mm-hmm. 2009 yep. so for me personally just based on the whole limitation thing i think the limit does exist but the limit is based on your own definition it is not to me it should not be a social limit my opinion is that a marriage has become a lot of things for a lot of people and so there is no real definition of it i think that um one thing we need to do though is be careful and you you didn't do this dolce so i'm not responding to you i have this thought before oh, yeah. but i think what's happening is that like people do this thing where they'll see something like this and then they'll say oh that's why we need to have relationships look like this or that's why relationships that look like this don't work because we really need to be doing this i think you touched it right on the head where it's about the individuals and their contract, their conversation, their respect for each other. Because this could have happened even if Will and Smith, Will Smith and Jada had a third or a fourth partner. It, the right. same thing could have happened. The same things could have happened. Because they had this family together, but Jada genuinely said she was not happy. And Will said, I'm trying to make you happy and I can't figure it out because you don't even seem to know how to do it. So... That is more about, I think, Jada's relationship with herself than it is even her relationship with Will in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I loved that they talked about was this idea and this, I believe, truth that you have to actually know how to make yourself happy before you even expect anyone to do anything for you. Any relationship. Absolutely. I think that was like a good thing that they touched upon was like, Will is saying, I didn't give you the, I didn't say, hey, August, like you can come and like have sex with my wife. Will, Will said on the show that I gave you the permission to go and like find out how you're going to make yourself happy because mm-hmm. like we are already and they didn't really get into like what exactly was causing them to get to a point where they were maybe going to get divorced it seemed like they were very adamant on saying that much at least that they were like very close to breaking it off for real for real um, but at least Will did say that I realized you weren't happy and I realized because of that like our marriage was not a happy marriage and I was giving you the ability to find out why that was and how are you going to change that? Because if I can't make you happy, then like you have to figure that out for yourself. And I thought that was really one, very mature and like very, again, like emotionally intelligent. There aren't a lot of people, well, I don't want to say that, that that's kind of projecting, but like I think that a lot of people are not willing to like give that to their partner. So Again, like it, it all goes back to what I was saying before. They people were not giving Will enough credit because, like, I feel like Will was doing a lot. Like he was, he was as much as part of that conversation as Jada was. And, and I thought that was really nice. One thing we need to remember too is how privilege factors into this because these are two people who have no shortage of resources. There's yeah. nothing really holding them together outside of their desire to be together and the fact that they have a family and maybe their image, right? Because you know, there are couples where the reason they stay together is purely survival. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there are relationships that are born out of a genuine need to survive. And you trauma bond or you become co- codependent with a person from a young age. And the next thing you know, they're actually why you need to think they're part of why you're even here. Or they're part of how you even can, can survive or, or make it through your day. That's not the Smiths. And I think that's why it's also very... Uh, perplexing that so many people are quickly willing to like project their own opinions of relationships or their own understandings of, of what a relationship should look like on them because jada and will wake up most days i imagine not necessarily needing to be around each other 
Like they don't need each other. They're, they're deciding whether or not they even want each other to be around. And that's a different dynamic. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if this is relevant, but you also have to think that we're a different generation putting our projecting ideas onto another generation's version of relationships. And so Will and Jada, I feel like have grown because uh, they were what in their 20s when they started like interacting with each other. And that yeah. was during probably the 90s, which is a completely different generation. A lot of y'all say you grew up in the 90s, but girl, um, but it's like a completely different version of like how relationships were formed. And as time has progressed, they have also grown as well and seen relationship dynamics change. Like the nuclear family, honestly, started breaking down around the time that they started dating. If you really think about it, like around the nineties was when the nuclear family was at its crux, like the height. And um, in the mid two thousands, we started seeing the devolution of relationships with um i think honestly with reality television and we got to see the flavor of loves and the shot at loves and Mm -hmm. we have kind of seen relationships evolve over time so what's to say that will and jada's relationship shouldn't have evolved over time in the same manner whether it be messy or not it was evolving and changing um and a lot yeah, of their lives is about self-actualization. A lot of us don't get to live lives like that, where our whole, where part of our existence is making our dreams come true. A lot of us try to get there, but we're just trying to literally like keep the lights on. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's different when your wife is actually given the space to invest in herself and to determine if she actually knows how to be happy with you as a person. That's like, it takes mental, it takes space to come up with those questions and to actually sit and try to answer them. A lot of people might have those impressions or those feelings or those those yearnings, but they don't get to, to sit in a room uninterrupted with, you know, like in a fucking penthouse or whatever the fuck and just like think about that. I feel the same way about Willow and Jaden. Like, they're, they're very privileged in the fact that like, they're able to explore a lot of things that like, because of safety or because of just like the the being of, of being a queer person, like you might not be able to explore those things if you are someone that's either low income or just like dependent on a family that may not support you um, until your twenties. You know, like there yep. are people that that are not even comfortable with themselves with their gender or their queerness until their late or mid twenties or like even their thirties. Like people are just coming out of the closet, like. It's not as as common anymore, I think, now that, like, we got, like, elementary school kids coming out as gay. But, like, <laughs> like it's it's def- de- definitely still a thing, and it definitely changes when you're talking about people of different classes or people of different walks of life. Like, it just, it, it looks different. The canvas of, of, of finding yourself looks different in it those situations. It might sound weird to talk through that, but it's actually a big deal there. Like, I tried talking to my mom about it, and I think she got it, where, like, when she was growing up, if she, like, she wasn't allowed to, because, you know, she's a first-generation immigrant, and her mom was real strict or whatever, but, like, ideally, had she her way, she could have tested out her sexuality or her romantic capacity as a young person talking to boys, because she was, in, she was you know, primarily interested in the opposite sex, right? For queer people, especially queer people who have from a very young age and I like an understanding of their otherness, regardless of what they call it, they don't get to do that. So you end up 25, 30, 21, 19, whatever age it is, but with an emotional sort of depth in expression of someone much younger. Right. Right. Yeah. 
I'm glad you brought both of you brought that up because I think it's similar to the conversation we were having earlier about like or, or at least that I brought up where I have this yearning of understanding what that monoracial other kind of uh, lifestyle mm. is like and understanding how the other lives. Um, it's the same with kind of the the, the Smiths, especially with Willow and Jaden, because they're growing up as black kids outside the sphere of blackness to me in some ways. I don't know if that makes sense, but they have grown up in this privileged state that is um, almost like blackness is the sphere that is in front of them. They can access it when they feel like, when they go to their culture, and they have their right to access it because they are black people. But they're able to almost shut it off and turn it on when they feel like because, in in a sense, they have the um, monetary privileges and the social privileges, too, because, you know, these are people who are, are, are out in the middle of nowhere living in very nice mansions. They can detach themselves from a lot of issues if they feel like it. They don't have to interact in the same ways that, um, quote unquote, you know, regular people, normal people interact with the world because we can't really turn it off. It's happening right side, outside our door. You know, urbane, the term of urbane and the term of like suburban those things have completely switched around as time has progressed so what's to say you know that they interact with blackness in the same way they don't like no kid is able i don't know a kid that could do what Jaden and willow have done publicly in the same ways that like i grew up like i could never dream and that's not to say they haven't had black experiences obviously you're not saying that but i want to clarify oh yeah no 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 like Willow Smith has talked about how, like, out of the the kids, like, she has, like, kinkier, a kinkier hair texture. And she always used to wonder why, like, mommy's hair is like this and Jaden's hair is like that or whatever. But I have, like, this hair. You know, there are certain subversive but very, very key elements of growing up in the Black experience. And even if you're not the person with type 4 hair, but, like, being in a place where your hair and your family's hair are different, you know, those type of phenotypical things, they do right. cause us stress. So there is that. But like like you said, there is just a level of privilege that they have that has allowed them to just like soar above, I think, some of the very common basic elements of being a part of the Black experience in America. Yeah. If you, and you know, just Not clarifying. Not above, outside of. Right. Like just clarifying, like when I think about Willow, like I, she has a very... Um, eccentric version of blackness that mm-hmm. I am not able to access in the same way. I don't have that same viewpoint. But I mean, even in her albums, like, and she's a great, um, she's a great artist to me at least. And I think she's a good musician too. Like, she does work on her own productions at times too. Um, and she has that song, The Boy. And it talks about, like, her relationship with boys and understanding her blackness, dating as, like, a privileged person, and talking to her mom about, like, I like this boy, I just don't know why he can't, like, when he asks me questions about why he can't run his fingers through my hair like I can through his, like, I think it's really, like, amazing what they're able to achieve in their privileged state, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, it does show... That regardless of privilege, you can't really take blackness away because blackness is always playing. It's always playing its part. Right. For whatever reason, you know, even if it's just in seeing that you are not like everyone else. That's right. a very sort of fundamental thing that you experience. So like when we think about that, because like I know we have to get back to this outline. And I'm sorry, Caputo. <laughs> I'm like taking over. I shouldn't. But it, no, like... but this is all super relevant. Like they yeah. like, even both Jada and Will, like they 
like experience their relationship as two black people so like this is all super relevant it's just that they do have different lives they, they have different yeah. lives and like the majority of the people that are coming for them like they have they just represent different things so it's no, but totally that's, relevant that is such tea they experience this relationship of there's this very expansive relatively different but also at the same relatable like you know ex, you know long-term relationship as black people so no matter how far they've gotten from our black experience it's really easy for like a couple niggas on twitter and i do not say that pejoratively i'm like saying that in like a fun way like a couple of us niggas on twitter to just drag them right back down like bitch oh you know what right. i'm saying and it's like cis heterosexual men talking shit about about will and saying he's not alpha enough and it's exactly. queer people talking about their monogamy it's there's so much that goes into it right and they don't get to escape that just because they're privileged and they're you know expanded and they've gotten to conferences and seminars and shit like there's still two niggas in hollywood yes so that's you're voguing into the idea of like polyamory and the expansiveness of a relationship and i find it interesting now that we're bringing it up that we talk about like uh, cis heteronormative people talking about relationships versus like queer people talking about relationships but in this specific one i think it's funny that the public is coming for them so hard but a lot of times we don't have representation of poc in any kind of um alternative like relationship style we, we, i don't really do. feel like we see it we do the Ooh. problem is that it's not officiated. It's not institutionalized. We right. see all types of niggas mm. with 84 girlfriends and 84 baby mamas that they all True. still sleep with and still fuck with. The Kardashians are a great example of this. Like, we see this stuff happening, but we don't, we haven't propelled it and institutionalized it and formalized it. And so what happens is, like, Will, Smith's, Will Smith and Jada are kind of being attached. I don't want to say that they are because they haven't actually officially said they're polyamorous, but they're being attached to this in a way that's breaking new ground maybe mm -hmm. in the sense that like an officially married truly together couple may or may not have had other partners in their relationship or do other you, do you players. all think that in some ways they're almost becoming like memified martyrs for memified? martyr also might not be the exact word necessarily i don't know about four i know will smith is being kind of like see this is why y'all need to you know man up because your wife is going to do this and do that. Like, that's how I've seen people talk about Will Smith. Yeah. I've also mm. seen other people who are more so excited about Jada's ability to command her own, like, agency in a relationship, be happy for her, and also congratulate the idea, or I don't want to even say congratulate, and also support Will's attempt to sort of support her in this way. I think I've that's seen, happened too. I've seen a lot of attacks against Jada where it's that too. almost vilifying her in a way that's like, because you know, like, there's this whole idea of like emasculating the man. Or like, which, just, just like emasculating like the black man. That's a big like conversation which that people have. Arguably, if you see it from this lens, that is what happened. And it's right. not to say that I agree with that. That's just genuinely, this follows that narrative. Like, a lot of people have been coming for Jada saying that she, because she allowed another man to get in between her marriage, between herself and Will, she has essentially like stripped Will of his um stripped him of his masculinity and that's why this sad picture of him with the puppy dog eyes is going around they're saying look at what Jada has done to this man like she's beaten him down she's taken all of his respect and like self-worth from him because now his wife is just out there like screwing whoever and I think that's like the most simplistic like simple-minded way of looking at it because it, it just gives no credit to either of them 
at well, all. I saw I saw someone talking about this, and they specifically quoted when Jada said, "I wanted to feel good," and they referred to this idea that, like, you know, uh, I'll what's his name August had like some big black dick that he he finally gave her after she wasn't getting it. Like oh it, it's God. so annoying, <laughs> but no, no, no. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's really important to talk about how people see relationships mm-hmm. and talk about dynamics between men and women. It's not that Jada could have been just troubled or, you know, experiencing her own personal issues. And then they've therefore impacted the relationship while also, you know, Will doing whatever he does and him growing, you know, them growing apart. Like, it has to be at, about how much he wanted to have sex with a man that right. was really a man, you know? I just it's, think, yeah, I think the society is, like, honestly blackpilling this relationship in so, order totally. to justify their already, you know, fucked up reasons for why relationships need to be X, Y, Z way. For um, them. For them, specifically. So there's a lot of projecting going on to, uh, towards them. I also think that in some weird way the stigma of like being a free person and still being like a sexual being while also still being married Mm -hmm. is still scary for people even people within our own gen who are like who've been exposed to the idea of open relationships already but our exposure has not ever really to me to me i'm not projecting to anyone else i'm just saying for me and i'm not trying to be volatile but it has been to me seen as a problem because in most open relationship cases like i you know for the audience if you didn't know i am a faggot and i have to deal with the gays all day all the time and even though i'm happier nowadays because quarantine and you know venus has shifted according to julio um I still have this feeling in the back of my mind of just this bitterness and annoyance with like people who devalue and attack relationships when they're monogamous within the queer community. Like as if the new standard is like, you know, two white gays and that one Latinx gay that decided to get with them because, you know, privilege. So that annoys me. And you see it in the Derek Berry and um, Nebraska Thunderfuck and her man relationship. And in queerness, I only really have ever seen white versions of alternative relationships. Like that same openness and love and like exclamation of those alternative relationship styles are not transferred over to POC, specifically black relationships. Well, that's what I was trying to get at earlier is that a lot of this comes from a place of privilege. The Smiths, the Smiths are not the hill to die on when it comes to monogamy or polyamory. They okay. are in their own context. They're just living their context out in public. But realistically, none of us is the Smiths. None of us is Will. None of us is Jada, no matter how cute, light-skinned, light-eyed, whatever the fuck we are. So <laughs> we need to realize that like it's more about, and, and I'm genuinely saying this from observing, I think it's more about jada's relationship with jada and will's relationship with will because even in other interviews and i've watched some of their other interviews and things that they've said will has an attachment to this idea of a married couple lasting and test and and sort of standing the test of time Mm -hmm. and he and that was his vision whereas with jada she hadn't necessarily seen that personally so when you take someone who has trauma surrounding the breaking of bonds between people and i say it again he's a libra like it's actually kind of funny how that plays into the whole thing. Like Will is like literally supposed, he wants to be partnered. He wants to be in this position where he has his counterpart and that they're working together and achieving whatever the fuck they need to achieve. Whereas Jada is more so, she seems to be more so invested in analyzing and sifting through and finding what's real and true for her. 
both completely valid and amazing things to do, but they, they're not always going to work with another person without that vision. And even and though so, all those things are true, the Smiths have somehow become like this, the poster child of like successful Hollywood marriages. Like even though all those things are true and like both of them have very different ideas about what a successful relationship looks like, even yep. before all this came out, they still became the poster child of like what you want your long lasting relationship, marriage, whatever to look like. And it's just funny because I think the main, the main critics of polyamory are always going to say that polyamory is not sustainable. It doesn't last. Like it's just, it's a ticking time bomb waiting for someone to fuck up or someone to, to get jealous or someone to do this. Like they're, they're destined for failure. That's essentially what a lot of people will say when they're talking about why they don't, they don't think polyamorous relationships work. And this kind of like, I think that's why a lot of people are seeing that. The reason they say that is because it's true. It's not true for everyone. It's not true to polyamory as like a platonic idea. It's true in like real Woo! life. But I mean, monogamy is the same way. Monogamy works the same way. But People what I was going to the same thing. What I was going to say is that's actually true for monogamy too. That's oh, okay. what I was actually getting at. Amazing. The I point that. I'm trying to yeah, Woo! we agree. <laughs> we agree. We're not disagreeing. The reason I wanted to stop you there is because I think that it's easy to latch on to that truth, which is that people see it this way, and that's why they you know they assume yeah. and like use that as a way to sort of destabilize criticism of polyamory. That's not fair either. Like in right. reality, people are fucked up and jealous and flawed and envious and, and and triggered and emotionally unstable and codependent and all this stuff. And it doesn't matter how many niggas or dicks or or asses or pussies or whatever you want to suck or have fun with, that still is the case unless you do that per- personal work. And so right. even having one man or one woman who has agreed to be with you till death do you part like will doesn't change what's going on as an individual. And that's why I love this, this situation is because it's clearly demonstrating that two people with all the money in the world, all the fame, all the beauty, all the, you know, love they need, all the support can still have to work through this shit. Yeah. Over yeah. 25 years. Jada Essence Hall voice, child, my heart rate went up when y'all were about to go at it because I knew Caputo was ready to come for your wig. <laughs> I was like, wait, because honestly, I got a little a little tantalized because it's very seldom that me and Julio actually disagree on something. Yeah, we, we so totally. So I was like, ooh, we about to get into it, but that was a little false tease. Okay. He, he knows, too, that I always choose the most sensational way to say everything. Yeah. So part of it was like, I was just being dramatic. Realistically, like, niggas fuck up in relationships relationships regardless that's just what it is honestly i remember like and like i'm not spilling any of your tea caputo but like i remember in university like we had a conversation at one point um amongst like a group about polyamory and like Mm -hmm. you were very open to that idea and for me back then bitch (laughs) i was like (laughs) fuck relationships fuck the gays it's not possible gays can't be in relationships you know i penned my famous line that all gays are damaged and there's no way that we can have successful relationships polyamory or, or monogamous there's no I relationships ever everything everything i'm poly capable that's what i always say that, I, I, can I, I can do that too i don't i don't think that like i think it's weird that people will like describe themselves as poly and, and not, identify as yeah it. identify as a poly person i mean i'm i have never identified as poly so i can't really speak on that but i think it's it's interesting that people do that if you're not kind of changing for like your individual relationships like 
um, if you're always looking to be in a poly relationship at all times, are like you always trying to have more than one partner? Maybe that is like, and I and I'm just ignorant to that. But like, I always thought that was a little that was a little strange for me. Cause I was like, maybe like right. you know, for the, for with, with this person, I just want them, or like with this person, like I might want to have like another person in there, like just have it be sort of. An but even if you thing. do it that way, that person is totally depending on their emotional maturity. They could see that as some value assess- assessment of them yeah like why is it that caputo is willing to be just with this person and seem totally happy and that person like maybe broke up with them or whatever god forbid right, right. but then with me they suddenly think that they need two niggas and two dicks or two whatever exactly. you know like even if you were settled in your choice you're opening yourself up to another individual and that's why relationships like dolce i think said correctly are a mess <laughs> <laughs> well, just not, a- not impossible and- it's but not it impossible, but, like, it's a yeah. lot of work, and I think that, like, it kind of ties in with what we're talking about right now, and I guess I can kind of segue into, like, our one of our last points that I wanted mm. to kind of talk on was that the biggest part of this whole thing was the communication that happens between Will and Jada. Like, that yeah. is, like, the saving grace of their relationship, because there are many relationships that fail for something even less than this, because things aren't communicated right. Oh yeah, girl, I know. Don't say you don't want that to happen again, do you? (laughs) No, you girl, you know I know. So like, there was a part of the episode um, where they're kind of describing the separation, Um, and Will says, and I quote, "I really felt like at one point we could have been over." They were talking about how bad their relationship got, like their marriage was very rocky. They were having issues here, there, and there. And Will says, I really felt like we can be over. And Jada follows up with that and says, no, we definitely were over. Like, we were over. Mm. And they pretty much glossed over it. Like, Will didn't, didn't say anything to kind of counteract it. And I thought it was kind of interesting because, like, the whole point of this was that she had this entanglement during a, a separation like they were there was a mutually agreed upon separation where they had time to kind of do their own thing but they in the moment they really couldn't even define what that was did well, y'all, thing did is, y'all have any thoughts on that it shows their different priorities it goes back to will wanting to be in a partnership will yeah. was holding on to jada because he built so much with her and he wasn't willing to let that go for nothing right. and even in that separation he, it was more him allowing her to decide what she wanted than it yeah. was him deciding it was over. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Jada, Jada was like, let me go for a little bit. Let me dip, girl. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. see you in a couple months. Like, What what I think is smart on Will's behalf, and I don't know how it happened, so I don't want to speak too, you know, authoritatively on this. But what I think is often prudent of all of us when we're in situations like this is if you love someone, genuinely let them go because the, act, the good ones always come back. That's the mm-hmm. reality. Right. Friendships um, love everything. I think like and uh, like not to go back, but I was just gonna say before I start like, um, and it ties into this is that if anybody wants to read a book, it's a book a, a former friend gave me. <laughs> um, that book, the Ethical Slut Third Edition. Honestly, the book goes off. Like I've actually been reading it recently, and it talks about the idea that um, in a relationship, whether it's one, two, three, forty, um, New York gays, um. You know, there is always going to be a person who is about introspection and the, the usually the majority is going to be about what does the other person want? Mm-hmm. And there's always this idea of what does the other person want when everyone in the relationship kind of needs to be thinking about what do I need? Yes. And how do I satisfy myself before we look at 
I need to tell that person directions of how to satisfy me. Yes. So I think that this book really helps a lot with understanding that Will and Jada are on a, Will is thinking about Jada and Jada's thinking about Jada. And and part of that too, I've heard them talk about their relationship before. They've acknowledged that part of Will's desire to appease and to make Jada feel better and feel good about herself or whatever bullshit and to give her the world is to fulfill his own dream, which is to have that picture perfect you know marriage in their house and all i stuff. fucking even the hate house libras they, it's true though he, they've even said it she even said like the house that we live in is the house you wanted to live in it's like yeah their vision for their life as much as it's about will telling himself and telling the world that jada is the person he's you know shining his loving light on is also about will getting the reflection back mm-hmm. you know and there's a transaction there and i think jada is determining whether or not she wanted to actually pay it up mm. Because yeah. I don't think Jada worships Will the way a lot of people do. Yeah. I don't think, and, but that's that also like should. a big thing. Yeah, she exactly. Should. I don't think no, she should either. Not to say she should, but it, there's a lot of people in the comments like, "Oh, Will, if she don't want you, you know, come right over here." You know, mm-hmm. Will is a real person who has a big image, just like Jada. Jada's this beautiful woman who isn't is a real complicated person, and but, they are actually in each other's relationships with each other, not with this like projection of them that people have created. And these niggas in the comments, like not to step over anybody right now, sure. but I just want to say it. These niggas in the comments, like y'all don't even know the difference between what polyamory is or an open relationship Vibe. or monogamy. A lot of them are like uh, jumping over each other, trying to figure out what is what. And if, yeah. if you all don't understand what you're watching or listening to, um, just from an academic viewpoint, maybe you should go read about it. And there are plenty of books. The Guide to Sex and Love, um, The Ethical Slut, there's plenty of material out there to understand these relationships. And maybe before you make these judgments or you make that comment, maybe we should kind of examine ourselves and what we believe relationships work out on versus what others do. I'm just saying. Honestly, this is not even like a poly, like, this is not a poly relationship. Like they, they pretty much were saying like this is like our marriage is not open. Like right. this, this was just an arrangement that had happened. It was a, it was a transaction. Again, like Jada using every word in the book to say to, to not have to say I was in a relationship with August, but, but like it's that perception of the relationship it's, being it's poly the perception that of created what it is. the problem. If she said, is, if she said what like, it really was, people would run with it even more than they really yeah. are right now. Mm-hmm. She was I kind guess. of giving herself a, a little bit of grace there. I think I think she did, she deserves grace. I, I think she knew she was going to get eaten up because she already was. Part so. of why she called it an entanglement was to destabilize the conception that this relationship with August was more or even the same level of valid, of valid as the one right. with Will. Too, she was also giving Will throwing him a bone by making it seem more like she got caught up and yeah. wanted to feel good and caught I just up. did this to do what I had to do as opposed to I was in love and. You know, this is a person I really wanted to be with for yeah. that time. Yeah, she two was, different narratives. She, she was code switching so that he wouldn't feel bad, basically. And that was her sort of blessing. Like, and the thing people don't realize is, is like, and when this goes back to our conversation about what is a marriage. A marriage is a contract. A marriage is a merger. A marriage is an agreement. Is, a, is is an agreement. A marriage is a business a lot mm-hmm. of the time too. Yeah. So from my standpoint, I see I work in business and I work, you know, for a cor- you know for a corporate entity, publicly traded, all that shit, and from what i know 
things that go on in the inside, regardless of how transparent we choose to be or about them, are not talked about in an internal way. They're talked about in a public-facing, marketing-oriented, sales, you know, brand-oriented way. So Will and Jada have a brand, and they're talking about the relationship as the way that they should. So it's not going to ever be, you know, as raw or as real or as honest, whatever, as we really want it to be. And I think we got to just be real about that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think um, I think Dolce said it best. People should probably look more at themselves than look at this relationship. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are in a successful multi-year marriage. And y'all are sitting on your keyboards and talk, talking about what they think it should be. And successful is, is a word that should be more personal than it is Exactly. Public. Like, in reality, Will and Jada's marriage is a success for, I think, a lot of people because... Realistically, a lot of people's marriages had two, three, four baby mamas, two, three, four, you know, mm-hmm. boyfriends, girlfriends that happened and they just brushed it under the rug. The fact that they can talk about it and it's a fact and then they can just move forward from there to me is successful. But yeah. I think that a lot of people don't see it that way. Yeah. And that's personal. I just like when I think about it, honestly, it's the way what I was saying earlier was that like and I didn't really finish because I just didn't want to go there. But honestly, I'll just go there. Do it. Go, ahead. go there, girl. I, I had my issues, what I was saying with relationships back then, where I didn't really believe in polyamory or the idea of openness because I felt like, for me personally, I could not sustain a relationship whatsoever. And that's valid. And because that's not cowardice. Right. But because of those feelings, I was projecting those to basically everyone else. And I was like, well, all of y'all are fucked up too. We're mm. all fucked up. Fuck everything. And I'm still on my Phoenix mode. It's just not in the same way and the same type of volatility. But, you know, and even if those people were in front of me right now, like obviously I would apologize to them and be like, you know, I'm not trying to invalidate any relationships because all relationships in a way are valid, whether it does have its issues or not. Um, relationships are valid when you have these people together. Um, the last thing I wanted to say was that my idea of relationships has changed so much to the point where nowadays I'm like, okay, well, if I'm in one, I'm in one. If I'm not, I'm not. I don't need this idea of like, quote unquote the entanglement like I don't need all of that like to be honest with you I just kind of want to do the whole self-satisfaction part first then maybe look at other people when they're you know on my level because it's really about other people (laughs) people living up to what I'm doing right now can we pull that thread a little bit just slightly it there is a there is something to be said about one of the markers for a successful relationship being time spent together hold on let me get my wig glue give me a second Okay, wait, because I got to put these down. I know this lace is going to come right up. Get, get, get that got to be, girl. Just get it yeah. on there. I want to remind the audience that a relationship is not successful for having spent 5, 10, 25, 2 years together. It's not, that's not success. Success is, is, is what you've gained as an individual and what you were able to communicate to the other person, how vulnerable you, are, you were, what you built together, etc. So from my standpoint, it's actually healthier to say to yourself, maybe for me, one at a time is better. Maybe for me, two or three at a time makes more sense. But Mm -hmm. it's not about deciding what relationships last longer. It's what relationships actually make the most sense. And I think if Dolce, you as an individual know that you have the capacity to, to, you know, love 100% another person, and you just might not be able to focus on another, that's what monogamy, in my opinion, would mean for me. That's how I see it. Is like, how much can I really give? Not because love is some finite resource I can only give to one person, but because I know who I am and what I'm trying to do. And what I need to give another person might not really make sense for three 
other people at the same time. Right. That's my biggest fear. Like I, well, not really a fear. It's just kind of like a, 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 a talking point that I talk over in my head all the time. Like, I don't feel like I'm able to work with more than one person right now. I, I'm the one person I'm working on right now is me. So since I'm Beautiful. spending time right now, I'll wait until I can take on that capacity. And as I level up and I, you know, get the cash shop and I open up more inventory You're slots. You're actually stupid. You know what I'm talking about. You get more inventory slots, then I can take All on for more my bags. All for, for my, my bags. bags. <laughs> for my bags. Like, to I be honest, I'm still team Dolce on this. Like, y'all, y'all can cruci- crucify me all you want. The average nigga cannot handle two, three niggas. The average girl does not need multiple boyfriends. You need yourself and then maybe a boyfriend. The average mm-hmm. person now can lots of other people do this and, and maybe in some capacity get value out of polyamorous situations 1000 percent sure i wanted to be in one recently but that doesn't change i think the valid criticism i think you were trying to offer even if it came from a petty place which Ooh. is that we're all in transition and we can't ever really make blanket statements about what is really working and what isn't Exactly. And I think that's why even Dolce remembers that I was like, yeah, I mean, probably Amory might be some cute. Like, I've always kind of had that stance because I know just speaking to people that that have had polyamorous relationships or are in one currently, that there's so many different ways to do it. It's not always like an equal, like all three of you are a thruple and you all like cuddle with each other on the bed all at once and like you just like interconnect your arms and like that's it. Like, you know, like, there are so many ways you can have secondary and tertiary and whatever the quad version of that word is. Like, you know, it's just like you can have, like, so many different versions of, of a polyamorous relationship or, or arrangements or entanglements or whatever you want to call it that, like, if you're not okay with having, like, two equal partners or, like, however, like, the actual terminology for that is, like, there are other ways that you could you could use that if you need to get certain aspects of a relationship out of one person like maybe like 60 percent versus 40 percent or maybe you only want this person for for when you want like a big dick and then like then you go to your partner who's got like seven inch like i don't know like but that's the thing that's the beauty of relationships it's all about you and whoever is in that fucking relationship with you it's not about consenting it's exactly who's consenting to the relationship who's who has been communicated with who is who has signed the the consent forms and the, and the form sheets, like those permission it, slips, the permission slips, like get it signed by your mama. Like it's all that, like it's not about anyone else. So like, that's why I've always, even though I've never actually been in a population myself, I've always been like, you know what? Like if I want to sprinkle a little bit of, of sauce, you know, on my, on something, like maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Maybe you're trying to make a cosmopolitan. <laughs> I, I'm making a, sorry, a, a, a Neapolitan. An, 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 oh, a Neapolitan. <laughs> Yeah, like just get a little strawberry, a little vanilla, a little chocolate, you know, whatever. But I hate um, this. yeah, I think I think that's really what it is. Like communication is key. I think Will and Jada like really like knocked it out the park, and I'm like actually really proud of them and with how they handled this because this could have really been like a, a, a ridiculous mess. And I think that they handled it in like a lot better ways than most people do, just given their platform. So I fucks with it. I fucks with them, and they gave us a really interesting thing to talk about. Not just us on the show right now, but like. Just in general, if you shift through all the BS, like, there is actual conversations going on and people are now learning that, you know, there are different ways to do this. It's not always, like, you get married, you have the kids, the white picket fence, all that stuff. So, I fucks with it, for real. 
I guess the last thing I wanted to ask y'all, are y'all going to be using entanglements um, in your in your repertoire, in your vocabulary? Is that a word that we're running with? My Twitter is at Dolce Jairis, and its name is consultant, uh, entanglement consultant. I'm here Monday <laughs> through Friday, nine to five. Um, three sessions The way that we're not going to have marriage counselors anymore, they're going to be called entanglement <laughs> consultants. A fucking mood. Like, this is a business, okay? I just <laughs> know I'm not talking to niggas anymore. I'm detangling. Oh, you're detangling finally. them? <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm detangling, seeing which one lasts. Because you never know what people are. You never know what they wrapped up in. So you got to detangle them first. You gotta, you gotta That's why you got to stretch them out. Yeah, you got to stretch them out, like Summer said. Okay. I, f- I feel like I can I can use it. It gives a little oomph, a little bit of flavor to to what you're talking about. I think situationships is such an ugly word. So ugly I entanglement. I like entanglement better than si- situationship. So like if that's a, if, if anything, I'm gonna use it for that because entanglement just gives a little je ne sais quoi, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, wrapping this shit up by the way as this starts fading out, bitch. Um, mentioning flavor. Don't fucking support Goya. Fuck them. Fuck that. Period. Period. Uh, entangled, entangled, Trump, entangled. bitch. You're you entangling in Trump's fucking. That voting funds, system bitch. is entangled. Oh no. You really can't trust the Latinx girls, huh? <laughs> we make we make it our, our own adobo sacon. We we do it all homemade now, bitch. Oh my god. You know, Haitians. We just pick the, the we just know what herbs they are growing up. We just pick them and just throw them in there. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> If the Dominican girls weren't stealing from y'all's side, but yes. Okay, well, on that note... (laughs)